Life. Dignity. Security. We jump. Freedom. Respect. Justice. 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 Just this. Equality. Equality. Remedy. And protection. Fairness. Fair time. Good afternoon to all of our listeners on CJTR Community Radio at 91.3 FM and over the internet at cjtr.ca. We can also be heard on SaskTel Max at channel 806 and access communications digital service at channel 700. Wherever you are, welcome to Human Rights Radio, hosted weekly by Amnesty International volunteers. Our theme song is titled 30 Words, The Universal Declaration of Human Rights, written and performed by R.E.M. and a collection of musicians from around the world. I'm Jim Hutchings, and with me is my co-host Gord Barnes and special guests Gwen Friedrich of The Caring Place and Ponziano Aluma, whom we remember as author of We're Here, Now What? They're here to discuss the gala fundraiser that is being put on by The Caring Place and Uganda Canadian Association of Saskatchewan. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. So what are we going to do here first, Gord? Should we find out who these people really sure. are? <laughs> I think that's a really good place to start, Jim. And uh, maybe, uh, Gwen, would you like to go first and introduce yourself and maybe uh, give a little bit of background about uh, your connection uh, to the uh, the event that's coming up on October 29th? That you've been chatting with us about. (laughs) Absolutely. So, uh, again, my name is Gwen Friedrich. I'm the Executive Director of The Caring Place. And just uh, a little bit about The Caring Place. We're a mental health and addictions counseling center. And we're a charity. So the really uh, important part of that for the event and for what what we're talking about today is the fact that as a charity, we serve people on a sliding scale based on ability to pay. So lots of our clients come in for nothing. And that's really, really important when we start talking about newcomers for whom money is, is, a, is a barrier to receiving services. So my connection to this event is actually twofold. One is that 
both of our organizations are celebrating 25 years of serving the Regina and Southern Saskatchewan community. And I'm having the privilege of being the speaker that evening. We're talking about a journey to success, finding home in a new land. And so um, I'll talk more about that and more about the programs and services that we have um, later in this program. Okay, and maybe as well, can you share some information about the specific details of the event, if you'd like, and but also introduce yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Bonjana uh, Loma, uh, just as was mentioned before. Uh, I was I was also here before on this radio talking about my book. Uh, we're here now. What? Now, the event that is taking place in October 29th is basically a celebration of uh, the 25th anniversary of our organization, Ugandan Canadian Association of Saskatchewan, also known as UCAS. Uh, we have been in this city and this province for that long. And over the years, we have seen our community grow, and also uh, we a lot of us uh, went through challenges of settling down, and now the ch- shape of our community has changed. And some of us who have been here longer, we have become more aware of what is needed uh, for our community to, to grow and, and, and grow in strength and also in numbers. And so we decided in for, for, for celebrating this particular anniversary, we want to do it around the theme of mental health. Uh, and because we realized that uh, uh, of all the needs that newcomers go through, uh, like housing uh, and, and school, finding school for children or uh, finding doctors, things like that, mental health is one area where newcomers probably don't have good you know attention and they normally go unattended but yet this actually do have this pervasive effect in in their efforts to settle down and and so we want to kind of uh, basically turn the spotlight on that aspect of new newcomers and the way they settle down and so that's why we have chosen the theme of mental health to celebrate the 25th anniversary of our, our existence here so both organizations have a 25th anniversary Absolutely. event together. Yes. And so where is this going to be? Uh, and it, maybe if you can share details about where you can get tickets and all the rest of that kind of information for our listeners. Well, uh, the the venue for the event is going to be at the Center of Arts, or what now is called the Connexus Arts Center, uh, but it used to be called the Center of the Arts. Most people still call it that. <laughs> uh <clears throat> Now, tickets are available uh, by calling my number, uh, which is 306-533-8535. Again, that is 306-533-8535. Also, the caring place at its website is also selling the tickets. And that's www.com thecaringplace.ca and you just follow the links it's you'll see it right on the first page when you come in and you just follow the links and it takes you right to the page to buy those tickets and the tickets are six dollars a ticket and then there's discounts for children right yes i i i believe so how about seniors Huh. I'm always come, interested in that. Come, come talk to me if you've got a challenge i'll help you with that i'm a senior myself <laughs> okay yes <laughs> So maybe what we should do, because I know, Gwen, you've got a, another event to go to uh, uh, just after the break. Uh, uh, for the first part of this program, we should 
spend a little bit more time giving you an opportunity to talk about the work of the Caring Place because I think there may be lots of people in the community who are listening that haven't heard of your work and uh, it's a pretty interesting organization but uh, would you like to take it from there? Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Gord. Well, I mean, I think the exciting thing about the Caring Place, first of all, it's 25 years in Regina in the same building. We're nestled into the cathedral area and we love that because we see the, the cathedral as a really eclectic area, an area in which a lot of different nationalities and people come together where the arts are celebrated, where, where we really celebrate the emotive part of being. And so we love it that we're part of the heart of the city right in the cathedral. And and we've been we've celebrated 25 years of caring, or as one of my counselors said yesterday, 25 years of crying, because um, we really encourage people to come in and to really deal with what Pons was just talking about. You know that that other part of of um, of acceptance, and the the part that really connects here for us in terms of the program and where we're going is that for 25 years we've had drop-in programs, mental health drop-in programs, free every Monday night. We have individual counseling. We have culturally sensitive counselors so we can, you know, work with people from any background, any sexual orientation, any any gender, so we can really, really touch their hearts and, and help to work with them. But the exciting thing that we're doing is we're reaching back and building on that really solid past and we're going forward with a brand new project this year and it's our art therapy project. Now Michelle Obama and the Guggenheim Institute were realizing when soldiers were coming back from the war that they were experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder and no mental health programs were actually able to reach in and find that pain that they had experienced. And so she um, got very, very involved in developing a program called Art as Medicine. And it's a program where we really start with masks. We start by painting a mask. And it, it's a mask that we paint. Uh, we first of all cast our faces and then we make paint this mask ask the way we feel about ourselves and then through eight weeks of impromptu arts music movement uh, clay responsive readings um, digging into our past we come to discover both who we are and who we are in relation to community and who we are in relation to the greater greater good of society and to God. And so it's a really, really interesting experience. And we come back at the eighth class to that mask again. And the second time we paint it, we paint it the way we see our future. So when you put those two masks side by side, you say, I can see the journey that's happened. Well, we thought, what a tremendous project. What a tremendous project to reach into the lives of people who are hurting, not necessarily because they've been soldiers, but because they've been transplanted from a different land. They've been transplanted and sometimes involuntarily transplanted. They have seen things and heard things and experienced things. And those pains are so deep that to have somebody ask you to share it verbally is too big. So how do we find voice? And the question about finding voice is we use the arts. Do you know that if we go back to the dawn of time, to the earliest civilizations, we know art was a piece of it. You can see it in the in the hieroglyphics. You can see it in, in the music of very, very primitive cultures. It, art was so important. These people had to fight to stay alive, and yet... They made sure art was part of it. 
So that's the project we're starting. We're calling that particular project the Unloneliness Project. And I just want to put a shout out to Sask Power right now for their help in terms of funding that project to the Scotia Bank for helping us to build the room, um, to um, Doug Sherwater for doing the electrical work on it, and Chauncey Olson for doing the, the building. You know, we had two churches step forward to help pay for that, and with all of the, those programs, we can offer our Unloneliness Project to new immigrants, including art supplies, for free. Wow. For free. Um, and this is from a charity that, <laughs> that you know, runs on a shoestring. Right. And we just want to give a shout-out to the community because without them, this would not be happening. And, and we can we know that lives will be changed and, and things will change. So I don't know, Gord, if you had any questions on that. I'll, I'll pause for a minute to let you ask <laughs> your questions. I'm curious, just are we talking art with paintbrushes, or what are we talking about here? Mm. Sculpture, or uh, <laughs> yes, to <laughs> all of it. Okay. Yes, to all of it. It's um, when when you do art therapy. Um, sometimes you end up with things you may actually want to hang on your wall, but it's really <laughs> not the point. Okay. <laughs> the point really is to go through the experience and to create something that that um, helps to you your cells, your hands. Um, the cells in your body, they actually carry, every cell carries memory. We know that from medicine, that we have cellular memory. And when we do art and we, we, we um, put a frame around um, that discussion, we have therapists, mental health therapists and artists present, and you put a frame around that discussion and you let your hands actually express and then following that, you let your voice come out, or sometimes your voice doesn't come out, but it still gives you the opportunity to go into a place that sometimes you can't intellectually get. So yes, painting, yes, clay, yes, uh, creative movement and dance, yes, writing and poetry and journalism, yes, impromptu theater. Um, it's all there, and it's and it's 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 self-directed. So it's not we aren't telling you what to do. We provide an, an overframe, an, an overarching experience, and then you reach in and and do that solid work. Um, I was telling you earlier, Gord, that I was in Toronto last week for the um, our therapy conference. People from all over the world. Uh, in this conference, I had the the tremendous privilege of studying holy junk under uh, a survivor of the Holocaust from Haifa. And um, it was just such a powerful experience because we were each asked to go back to the point when our ancestors had to flee. And all of us, whether we're first generation, second generation, or in my case, fourth generation, all of us have somewhere in our history that embedded knowledge. I did not think it was a knowledge that bothered me. In fact, I hardly even have given it contemplative thought. And going back through that process of reaching into that time and going through that three-hour session, I came out at the end sobbing uncontrollably and realizing the importance of, of the sacrifices my ancestors had made to the life that I, my children, and now my brand-new granddaughter um, have and, and the privilege we have in this country. And again, we want to touch people at that very heart level and help them to experience that because once we acknowledge pain and once we can actually verbalize it, we can go about healing. We can go about integrating and we build what was once your pain 
becomes your strongest your strongest asset and you move forward and as Pons has already said that's how you move forward and touch other people's lives very very interesting mm-hmm. and it just um, as I'm as I'm listening to you here it just seems like an approach that has application in other areas yes. you know I'm, I'm thinking of uh, our provincial correction center things like yes. that so uh, it would be wonderful if somebody's listening and could say hmm and maybe they're doing something like that already i don't know but. you know um i want to just tell you that we uh, do go into the correctional center on a, on a weekly basis we have not started this program here but again i've had the privilege of working with <coughs> art therapists who um do work specifically in the correctional centers mm-hmm. and you know it is incredibly powerful because if you think about um the you know disenfranchised people and that's really what we're talking about here what for whatever reason you're disenfranchised whether it's because you've you've been a victim of sexual abuse whether it's because you have you know you you're a new immigrant whether it's because you're incarcerated even if it is for something that you deserve to be incarcerated for you are still a disenfranchised person mm-hmm. and you cannot move forward to building a new life until you can you can um, begin to assimilate those experiences. I don't know how much time you have, but I mean the most powerful story in the Bible is is actually the story of, of David and, the, and Goliath. And the interesting reason is not because he killed Goliath. It is because when he killed Goliath, he got the sword of Goliath. And that was stored in a temple in the mountains. Many years later, when Paul was pursuing him, he ran to that temple and said, do you have a weapon for me? Well, temples, of course, don't carry weapons. And nobody Nobody but David would have had the right to take that sword, but the priest gave it to him because he had earned it. And it's a little like the Pac-Man, you know, that we play. When you when you hit the certain coin, you get another another power. Well, David got the power. He got the power of that sword. And it is the similar thing for each of us when we overcome a diversity. We have a power that no one else has, and that is why diversity is blessing. But it is only blessing if there's someone there to help you integrate that and make sense of what you've gone through. Well, wow. very, very interesting. <laughs> so I know folks in the community that have worked with uh, people, including people who are new uh, immigrants to Canada over the years as music therapists, and I'm wondering, yes. is that a component that might... Uh, be built into your program? So you're thinking of my great friend Bernadette (laughs) Katarna, who when I was doing my honors degree actually worked in music therapy with her together and and so absolutely music music is very important Uh, drumming, which the Ugandan people are so um, so good at and and for which, you know, pounds out, it's a heartbeat of a lot of what they do in Caribou and other other events that they hold. It is absolutely primal to us is music so absolutely expression through music finding voice and expression through things that are verbal but are not words and this is very important every vowel if you say e it comes from a certain part of your body whereas if you say oh it comes from a different part of your body and if you can actually just verbalize through vowels not even through words so everybody no matter where they come from um, verbalizes together we can actually tell entire stories through vocalization and through music so it's very it's it's very very powerful and yes music is part of it i was just wondering uh 
Are you going to have any sort of demonstrations or explanations of what you're talking about here at the gala? I actually am. I'm, I'm one of the keynote speakers, and, and I will be having the audience actually wow. um, do a small audience participation piece, but I'm not going to tell you what that is, because <laughs> I want you to come to the gala and find out. The tickets are so inexpensive. I mean, $60. Have you heard of a gala that puts on a dinner, a silent auction, a dance, speakers, um, stories from Ugandan immigrants, and all of that for $60. I mean, it's, it's, it's cheap, and we, we're doing it for cheap because we want people to come. I do want to put this out here. I, as an individual, want to make sure that any new immigrants that want to be there are there. And if you want to come as a new immigrant and you do not have the money to pay for a ticket, please call me at the Caring Place. I will buy you a ticket. I want you to be there. I want you to to feel community that evening. Wonderful. That's fabulous. So I'm just kind of curious, because you've talked about the the art therapy program and mm. where are you at at this point with respect to people actually saying yeah i want to participate in it is there still an opportunity and, yes. and i guess that's the other related question is if people were listening and they were interested how would they uh, sort of identify that they want to participate well they just give us a shout at the caring place and everybody there is is uh, is aware of the program um, we have our first, um, in, and, and we're calling it a demonstration program, actually starting at the end of October till Christmas. And that program is full. We've, we've just brought in uh, people who are, are within our client base. And the reason we want to do that is want to test the room that was built, want to test all the all the, the programs and services. So the, the new Unloneliness Project will begin in January. And absolutely, I mean, we, we take a maximum of 10 people per class. So if there's 50 people who want to come, We'll run five classes, but um, we we just really are, in, and the children um, are separate from the adults, and that's really an important component because you, you cater to them in a little bit different way. The experiences mm-hmm. they go through are a little different. So uh, do you want to, because again, I understand you have to leave, and do you want to just share that information again about the... The address care, Yeah, and all that detail. Um. Sure. So again, we're on 2146 Robinson Street, and the easiest way to know where that is, if you know the, the Safeway on 13th, we look into the side of it. <laughs> and we look out our window, we see the big side wall out of out of the front of it. We're, we're right in that little strip mall on Robinson. Um, our address is, our, our email address, or I'm sorry, our website address is W www.thecaringplace.ca so it's pretty easy it's just mm-hmm. thecaringplace.ca and our phone number is 347-2273 free drop-ins every Monday night for anxiety depression you can book accounts a free intake session and then and then according to your pay scale um, book counseling or you can just call and come into that new art therapy program. Uh, these sessions, these first ones, are, are free because of Sask Power's generous, generous sponsorship. And um, we hope that others will step forward so they can continue to be free going into the future. I'm going to throw out a, an ask to the community. If any of you out there have got easels and paintbrushes or clay or canvases or other art supplies that you aren't using... We don't care if they're used. Continue to give them to us. We really can put them to use. Um, just had a, a you know florist by design come forward this week and just say that they would give us all of their little one-off tiles. That's amazing. We can do mosaics with it. So things that may not be meaningful to you, 
could be very meaningful to us. So please, if there's anybody who has that, just just give it to us. And I've got one further question here. It's the caring place, yes. But we're talking about Uganda here, yes. Um, but the caring place itself is it uh, more a more general uh, scope yes. of, of uh, clients? Like, so I could, if I was feeling depressed or suffering having some, loss, suffering or, something, yeah. and I would be welcome to come in on, uh, on everybody's Monday. welcome. You know, it's free on Mondays, and other times it's your intake is free, and then mm-hmm. again, you know, we have individual counseling based on ability to pay, but yeah, we serve everybody. I mean, there's a lot of people who have issues relating to job loss, issues related to grief, you know, dying, illnesses, um, you know, people who just struggle with depression as, as part of what their their hormone system does to them, um, you know, people for, for whom they're lonely for other reasons, they have disabilities and they feel alienated, you know, there's there are so many reasons that we need to reach out and, and you know, I say that I'm the executive director, but there was a point in my life when I reached out and mm-hmm. went for counseling. We all, at some point in our life, need someone to wrap around us and to help us to find that strength inside ourselves so we can build forward to the future. So uh, we we just love to share it with everybody. Fabulous. That's really exciting. So you must be a very busy place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we are busy. We are busy. We do over 5,000 client hours every year with our little team of people. And I'm going to tell you right now, 35,000 people in Regina will need support this year. Of those, only 20% will receive support. And the reason is simple. It's because they cannot afford it. Um, Currently, mental health and addictions is grossly underfunded. And so people just can't afford it. If If you are a new immigrant and someone says, I need 160 bucks an hour to talk, you say, you know what, I don't need to talk that bad. Uh, You know, I need to buy groceries. So... To, to have a place like ours, which, you know, the community builds into. The community built us, the community builds into, and everyone who works there believes so solidly in it. So um, that's why we can offer what we do. And so, yeah. Well, we really appreciate you being here today, uh, Gwen, and uh, uh, appreciate the fact that you need to leave after the break. But uh, best of uh, luck with your, your event on the 29th of October. And Thank you. And hope it's a big success. We sure hope it is, too. We're really looking forward to it. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take our break now. We've been talking with uh, Gwen Friedrich and uh, and uh, Pondiano Luma. Pondiano, you're going to stay. Yes. And uh, <laughs> we'll probably talk a little bit more uh, about the event, but we'll touch on, on some other uh, topics as well. Exactly. And we'll be right back. I've got some music uh, picked. Joni Mitchell is one of my favorites, and we'll hear her right after this. A child came out to wonder Caught a dragonfly inside a jar Fearful when the sky was full of Yeah. 
Circle game. That's, uh, I think, from a CD. No, it was an LP that was produced in 1970, put on a CD, and uh, it's still lovely. Still love it. Great choice. Yep, yep. I'm Jim Hutchings. I'm here with uh, Gord Barnes and our special guest, Ponjano Aluma, going to uh, continue talking about the gala and also talk about the uh, 
the uh, Ugandan-Canadian Association of Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Yes. And um, what, uh, what is your role with, uh, with that particular organization, Ponziano? Well, I, <coughs> I have been with the organization since its, found, its founding uh, in, uh, 25 years ago because I was uh, a, one of the pioneers that founded that organization. Uh, at my present uh, uh, role is a, I am the director of finance. Um, I basically look after the money. Um, we do sometimes fundraising and uh, and like every other organization, we have to have uh, audits you now because it's a non-profit organization. We have to have audits and you have to keep the books books uh, you know in order. And for this present uh, uh, event that we're preparing for, uh, I'm coordinating the sale of tickets. Uh, make sure that uh, you know all the tickets are as much as as many as are sold, and uh, that the money is uh, you know kind of it flows back to to us so we can mm-hmm. use it. Yes, so that's what I do currently. Okay. So, yeah. And the association itself uh, is, is a Saskatchewan group, so there'll be people in other communities, uh, for example, Saskatoon or Moose Jaw, that participate as well in your association? And Yes, uh, it is a provincial uh, organization, and so we have members who are here in Regina and also in Safecurrent and in, uh, in Saskatoon. And uh, we also try to sort of hold events in these different cities, uh, not just always in Regina. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have members from here travel to Surf Current for event, or sometimes to Saskatoon. So it's basically for it's a provincial organization. Yes, great. And what kind of other programs? We had a good discussion in the first hour or half hour uh, about the uh, event coming up on October 29th and. And your connection to that particular event, but what what other kinds of programs uh, or activities does the Uganda Canadian Association of Saskatchewan get involved in? Well, uh, over the twenty five year period, UCAS uh, is sort of UCAS is the the sort name for Uganda Canadian Association okay. uh, has uh, has actually grown uh, with the with the needs as the needs evolved. Uh, at the beginning, when we first started, our needs were basically uh, f- uh, building a sense of community. You know, people coming together. You know, in a faraway place, mm-hmm. it's good to see people with whom you have so much in common. And so that was the initial initial need for 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 for, for forming UCAS. Now, over time, we find, of course. There is a, the need to 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 sort of uh, integrate, you know, as the community grows, deciding what things or aspects of your culture you want to retain, and and those new ones that you want to take. That particular you know challenge is not common to a lot of Canadians because most people here are born in one culture and they don't have to make a choice of which to give up and which to accept. Mm-hmm. And newcomers like uh, like us, when we came, we faced that. And so one of the things UCAS has done is to try and uh, help its youth, you know, people you know who are young among the, the community, to try and kind of make that transition. Uh, uh, by engaging them in different activities. Uh, one of the uh, activities that uh, even uh, Wayne mentioned was uh, drumming, uh, so that uh, people who are born here or who have come here tend to sort of uh, remain grounded in some way with their culture. And then... <clears throat> 
the Karibu, there's a new a new program that is invo- uh, called Karibu, and it's a dance dance a perfor- a dance and performance. And again, the youth are now not only uh, feeling confident in their own culture that they have been able to sort of uh, uh, relate to but they're taking it out to the community and and is to try to sort of engage the community so in a way of sharing and so it's a way of trying to uh, create a very good you know balance in a sense of identity so that you don't uh, get lost in a, a totally new culture uh, you feel comfortable with what you like to retain and uh, and so you can move forward in the future with greater confidence. So that's one of the things that uh, 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 UCAS is doing for its, its its community. And over time, also UCAS has uh, tried to sort of build <coughs> alliances with other uh, immigrant communities. Uh, so many times, uh, they when other organizations uh, or other communities are holding events then UCAS tend to sort of you not know, get involved. Or if UCAS is holding an event, it invites other communities to kind of participate. Uh, in this coming event, one of the, the things we're doing is trying to kind of actually uh, build uh, synergies with, with First Nations. Uh, UCAS Karibu is uh, trying to is working together with a First Nation group to, to stage the, uh, you know, a display. And, and, and dance so that uh, what you're going to see is well people coming from so far away culture from far away place are able to sort of find common ground with people who have been here forever mm-hmm. and so so this is one of the things that the goals that uh, UCAS is trying to do is to find a comfortable uh, place in a new a new place in comfortable place in, in your life in their lives in this new country where which whereby they're going to be forever, for, for a very long time as their home. And so um, uh, doing that requires the, uh, the, the willingness to, to, to make connections with the, those who have been here longer and also share your own culture with them even as you, they share you, theirs with you. That is just fabulous. That is really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. So over the break, you know, you and I have known each other for a long time, and we were just chatting about some of the people we've known and I've known for for many, many years who arrived, uh, you said, 25 years or maybe earlier than that. Um, but you were also mentioning that people have been arriving, if I understood it correctly, um, from Uganda, you know, more recently as well. And... Um, I maybe you could share some information about is there a lot of people that have been arriving in the last say five ten years uh, from Uganda? Yeah, people continue to arrive all the time, mm-hmm. uh, except that maybe the the reasons for for coming have changed over the years. Uh, at the time when we first came twenty five years ago, most of us were refugees. We're fleeing either the dictatorship of Idi Amin, mm. or uh, you know we had been displaced, you know, uh, with the civil war in Uganda uh, in in early 80s, and and so we found ourselves without a country, and so some of us and then were fortunate enough to to find a new home in Canada. So this was the reason. There were the reasons the earlier people came to Canada. Now those people over the years have built homes. Mm-hmm. But they have never lost their connection to their homes mm-hmm. in Uganda, their relatives and, and, and families. And so now they are established, they're able to sort of reach back 
and, uh, and, and support those people who are less fortunate over their members of their family, some of whom are now able to come here on a sponsorship. Like if you, you, have, you have an established family, you can sponsor some members of your family to come here. Uh, like what my, my wife and I are doing right now, I got uh, two, orphan two orphan children, my, young, my sister, and my wife and I are working on uh, actually adopting them and bring them from from there to, to here. So you can see a lot of those kind of things happening now. Mm -hmm. uh, so the new people who are coming, they, 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 uh, they're coming to a place where there has already been, you know, uh, an established family, mm -hmm. and they're coming to join these families. And so it's much more, much more orderly than what, what it was when we first came. And uh, so they have people here who can show them the ropes when they come. It's not like when we came ourselves, when we had to try to find our ways uh, and, and there was a lot of uh, unknowns. Now, those who come new are more fortunate in sense that they have other people around who can actually point them the way. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very good. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was uh, reflecting a little bit as well about your discussion before we got started with the program about uh, you know people uh, having to learn in, in Uganda, English, and how difficult that time was when if you didn't speak English you, and you're caught as a young person not speaking English, uh, you got into difficulty. And, and you know, that was, you know, true for many people here, First Nations people, if they were put into residential school, they couldn't speak their language. And there's so, there's so many common things in terms of uh, connections that people can probably share uh, uh, with each other in terms of their stories, I think it's uh, really wonderful that you're you're making those connections as well. Yes, and I think a lot of times uh, when uh, you take time and sit together, you find uh, um, <clears throat> there is a lot of uh, commonality among newcomers and First Nations people who have been here. Uh, even historically uh, and politically, uh, the the experience may be similar. Like we had had. Uh, a lot of countries in Uganda, including Uganda, that had to, to who, who, that had been colonized, and so the 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 idea of having to sort of uh, change that and become your own boss and 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 through self determination is an experience that is common there. Uh, and First Nations, uh, they, 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 they have still have to kind of sort that out, you know, in how to sort of come to self actualization, but. When you come together, like we are trying to come together for this event, it is so common for us to share. Uh, and so the dance, the Karibu dance, and, and what the First Nations people are trying to put together, uh, all of, most of the time, you know, they, they are, they are, the thing that kind of put them together is each is displaying aspect of the culture that, that they have. Um, and for us, uh, we have recognized one of the things we kind of wanted to kind of get out there is uh, why we have chosen the theme of mental health, you know, for to, for this celebration, and 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 the reason is is very simple, which is that when people come as newcomers, a lot of the the services that are provided uh, actually cater for certain basic needs like housing. And, uh, and maybe finding schools for children or finding a doctor and those basic things that uh, every, everybody needs. But uh, the issue of mental health is not often at the forefront. And, and so how that is going, 
affect people who are new uh, it may have actual long-lasting effect and so most of us at the moment now after 25 years or 30 30 years of staying here have gone through that phase some of us have had to go through you know mental health you know adjustments and uh, the biggest thing normally that happens is when you come as a newcomer the expectation gap is very huge what you expect when you're coming to Canada, what the reality is, is quite big. Most people think coming to Canada will be like going to heaven. And of course, but when you come here, it is far away from that. It's cold. It, it's cold. So now having to negotiate your way and bridge that gap has got a lot of, you know, effect on the mind, you know, mm-hmm. and it affects, it has impact on the family. And, and, uh, and most of them, most of the time, people have not learned where to go to learn or find ways of, you know, uh, finding something to help themselves with. Services like the caring place, you know, most new people don't know about it. Yeah. You know, most people don't know about it. And so for us, when we decided to celebrate this 25th anniversary, we wanted to kind of highlight that aspect of newcomer experience that perhaps has been, has gone to on the wayside, yet it is it has got a very important consequences for our life here. Um, actually, just the other day, there was an ACBC article that was uh, referring to a report that was recently uh, uh, produced. And it, they say that, uh, you know, how mental health impacts, or I mean, the housing thing, uh, how you find your housing or job and, and health uh, and, and uh, you know, yeah, making your livelihood all these things have impact on your on your mental health and and so uh if all these are taken care of properly then your mental health actually is is improved but where any of this suffers then that has effect on your mental health and most newcomers those areas have got a lot of challenges for them and therefore naturally it affects their mental health and and so we want to highlight that and we are quite uh, grateful to be able to to partner with the with the caring place, the work they do, like uh, Gwen explained, actually uh, impressed us in the sense that um, there are a lot of people who come who may not be economically resourceful, and and to have an agency that sort of uh, provide services on fee, you know, sliding scale basis is important thing. So one of the things we would like to put out there is this event we're holding is actually also intended to be a fundraiser. And so uh, after the expenses have been paid, we are hoping that there will be enough for us to be able to sort of support the current place. I know some people think only the SAS power can do it, you know, yeah. because they've got a lot of money. But we strongly feel that even as a small community, uh, this is something we all can do. Uh, especially given the services they provide, and so our one one of the reasons we're partnering with them is to be able to do exactly that. Uh, all the the process after we're paid the expenses, we'd like to be able to sort of support the caring place uh, and the work they do. Fabulous! That's wonderful. Yes. So just as you were uh, commenting on this, I, I was thinking about the uh, the issue of language as well and the context of. Have people been able to retain their original people who have come from Uganda their original language, or um, how, how? And the young people who are 
now here are they is there are there opportunities and my understanding is there many different languages that people would have come from uh with from Uganda so can you give us some information about that yeah. How, how's that working <clears throat> well like you said uh, Uganda has uh, has got uh, so many different local languages uh even in Uganda itself it's not uncommon to find uh, two people who will not be able to speak to each other in a, a, a local language. Mm. Uh, uh, this may come to most people as surprising, but English is the, the, the most spoken language in Uganda. So uh, people are from the north where I come from, for example, the only way I can communicate with another Ugandan from the south is if I speak in English, because all the schools in Uganda are in English, and so it is the common language that we speak, we use. Uh, but once we are here, uh, that doesn't change. Uh, we Most people think because you look alike, then you should be able to speak, you know, the same language, but it's not. Okay. Uh, most of us still use English, and the young people who are born here is the same thing. They would uh, not necessarily know the the language uh, that, uh, you know, of the parents and it's a challenge for them mm -hmm. to actually keep abreast. And that's one of the things that UCAS uh, 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 is trying to do is engage the youth in those culturally sensitive activities so that some aspect of the culture is retained mm -hmm. and passed to the youth. Great. Yes. Great. So we don't have too much time here uh, left, and I, I just wonder if you can, for the people who are listening and might have joined the program, share the details about the event in terms of when it is and uh, the two organizations that are uh, um, holding the event on the 29th of October, how the people get tickets and all of that kind of detail. <laughs> yes, the event is the day is October 29th, which is a Saturday, and uh, it's going to be held at the Center of the Arts, which is now called the Connexus Art Center, and the tickets are $60 each. And you can find a ticket or get a ticket by phoning me, which is uh, my number is 306-533-8535. <coughs> or you can actually go to the Caring Place website and get a ticket directly from there online. That will work very well for people who, lo who might decide to use with credit cards. You know, you'll be able to do that uh, there very easily. Um, so the event is going to start uh, uh, at, at the, I mean, uh, at the Center of Arts, but it's going to include a dinner. Uh, it's going to include performances. It's going to include a speech, and it's going to include a dance. And so it's a whole range of a great evening. And anybody who would like to kind of have a great evening will really, you know, enjoy that. I'm, I'm wondering about the menu. The, the menu, the, the, we, the people who have actually picked the menu, there will be, I was told, there will be some samosa included there. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, most of the, of the menu will be what is commonly you know, available here. Uh, and the meal will be provided by the Center of Arts. Okay. Yes. Wow. That's wonderful. We really appreciate you taking the time to be on the Human Rights Radio today, uh, and also Gwen, please extend our, our thanks to her again. Um, it's been a great conversation to have, and not only about the Uganda uh, Canadian Association of Saskatchewan and your work, 
and your 25th anniversary, but also about the Caring Place. It's really been very useful. And I was quite, uh, I guess I'm showing my ignorance here. I didn't realize that the Caring Place provides services for everyone. Yes, they do. So uh, that that was an important thing that, that I learned today for sure. Yeah. And I guess we've reached the point at which we're going to say goodbye. And you've been listening to Human Rights Radio. I'm Jim Hutchings and uh, with my co-host Gordon Barnes. And we have uh, Pontiano Aluma. And earlier we had uh, Gwen Friedrich of The Caring Place. And we were talking about the uh, uh, fundraising gala that's being put on by The Caring Place and uh, the Uganda Canadian Association of Saskatchewan. As we close this week's Human Rights Radio and CJTR Community Radio, we hope you've enjoyed listening to and have learned something new about human rights for all people. If you have any questions about today's show or other human rights questions, email us at humanrightsradiocjtr at gmail.com. Past shows can be accessed by visiting humanrightsradio.podbean.com. Pioneering human rights campaigner Peter Benenson said, Only when the last prisoner of conscience has been freed, the last torture chamber has been closed, the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights is a reality for the world's people, will our work be done.